to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. My name is Courtney. <laughs> and we talk through the do-do's and do-do's <laughs> of personalized learning. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's an interesting opening from both of us right there. <laughs> you know, it's good to mix it up now and then. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. It's a very good point. Uh, today, we're going to do like part two of what we talked about last week. Uh, we have some listener feedback. And we were going to talk about it last week. And, uh, you know, you've listened to us before. We kind of just ramble on. <laughs> so we ran out of time. I, I was thinking it's like it's like any teacher. We planned too much. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. And then we over talk it out anyway. So uh, so oh, yeah. t- today we're going to respond to an email we got, uh, which is um, a really interesting email about what this all looks like right from a school point of view. So one of our mm. longtime listeners, uh, Jenny Clock. Thank you, Jenny. Hey, Jenny. And she is basically, I'm not going to read the whole email because it's it, there, there's a lot of stuff in here. But basically, she wants to know that her and her school are trying to get better at and complete a process that delineates what competent looks like and how you show it. Nice. Uh, which is fantastic. She gives us a bunch of examples that they're looking at and what to do. Uh, Part of it, she says, we want to provide multiple pathways to demonstrate competence, a portfolio of work over time, a big project, maybe a test, a demonstration, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the gist of what she's saying is, it feels like we can't do that fairly if we can't clearly say, this is what it takes. And I think that's a great question to go off today. Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's a really fair point. And I think that that's a place where a lot of people start to get stuck, right? They've got their targets, they've got things set up, but then it's like, okay, now what? How do I, what, what's next? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So what we're thinking today is she's given us kind of a, a general idea of what they think of for just a, a class. It's a, it's a math class, but it's really a, an example of any of their year-long courses slash years. Um, right. And this is the model that they're looking at, but they just want to know, it seems like, what are the next steps? So that's what we're going to try to do today. So, okay. so first of all, we've got a math class and they break it up into a number of different competencies here. Uh, For instance, here, for instance, some of the competencies are symbolic expression, numbers and number systems, right, reasoning and computational strategies, measurement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. All right. So some people might call that a measurement topic Mm -hmm. or a category. So let's just, you know, to clarify that, because for some people, a competency would sound more like a standard or a target. But in this case, competency is being used to describe a larger category. Yeah. So I, I think I think there's always in personalized learning around the country and the world, there's a lot of language issues yeah. about what people are using. So thank you for putting that out there, that this could mean something different depending on where you are. So yeah. that gives us a frame of what they call the competencies. Under each one of these competencies, they have a number of standards, which ranges from one to 
four or five, depending on each under each one of these competencies, or as we call them, I think we call these measurement topics. So for each one of these measurement topics or competencies, there's a set of standards, which sounds like uh, write, apply, and provide a rational rationale for a mathematical model representing a given situation, analyze and symbolically represent complex numbers, et cetera, et cetera. You get the gist of, that's a pretty straightforward standard. Sounds like it's something from a state level standard or the common mm -hmm. core, mm -hmm. pretty yeah. straightforward. However, I think there's something missing here that we talk about a lot on this podcast. And okay, that, what's that? That's the proficiency scale part. This what what's yeah. listed here in these standards are really the the level threes, right? These are the proficiencies that we want kids to be proficient at. But then, mm -hmm. what's some of the foundational material in order for kids to kind of work their way up towards each one of these? So I think that that is, I think that that's a number one first step for. So a lot of times, what happens, right? when people get to this point with their with their targets or their standards or whatever you want to call them is they say that they don't really understand what this means and i think that that breaks down two ways i think one way they don't understand what this means is they don't understand what all the smaller pieces are that go into this standard um and they don't understand what it would actually look like to teach it or for learners to show that they um, get it that they understand it or can do it right to show to show quote unquote mastery agreed so the first thing yeah is is doing that whether you're building a scale and laying out level two foundational knowledge which are the simple pieces that on their own do not constitute meeting but are necessary in order to meet so if you're using a scale that's what you would do or some other document or some other way of articulating what those things are. So one of the ways that I think has helped me learn how to read these standards in an appropriate way that I understand it and the kids understand it is to break it up into the three pieces. Yeah. Uh, so you have a standard embedded in most of these standards. There's some form of taxonom taxonomy level mm -hmm is embedded in here. And there's also embedded uh, what the students have to do in order to right. meet this standard. And I think going through the process of breaking these up into those three pieces will really help understand what's the learning that's happening, what level is it at, what do the kids have to do in order to meet it? And it yeah. doesn't become something that's as confusing as uh, this sentence, for instance, apply properties of arithmetic and algebra, arithmetic and algebra, sorry, uh, to simplify and manipulate symbolic expressions or models involving real or imaginary numbers. That's a mouthful. Yeah, I, I know. I was just looking at that one, too, and being like, I got to think on that one for a little while. Exactly. <laughs> why? It, it, I guess from my point of view, why would I want to sit there and think about that for a little while when I can take do some work ahead of time? break it up into those three little sections and it'll become a lot clearer of, okay, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to level I have to do. And this is how I'm going to show it to you. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we can answer Jenny's question of what does competent look like? 
And now you've got a standard at a level in what they can do. And you can build that preponderance of evidence over time, which is the end result of what they want to do. And now you have all of this evidence based on those standards at the right level and a bunch of evidence to support all of that. And suddenly, you know what competent looks like because you've got all that evidence surrounding each one of these standards at the right level. And I think right. that that is a piece that a lot of places miss slash don't want to do because mm -hmm. it is a lot of work to break all these up. Yeah, a lot yes. of yeah. work. So in, in and it's a lot of work to then um, and it's not individual work either. It has to be done in groups of the right. people teaching these things, at least, if not like all of the math teachers working together on this, right? Or a representative sample of all of the math teachers in a district. I, I understand that um, there are districts in this country that are like, have all the students in the state of Maine in them but uh so you know so you might not have all the math teachers in that case mm -hmm. but uh i i'm in a state where you could realistically do that yeah um yeah they all have to get together and agree what those foundational pieces are and then agree and talk about what potential um assessments might be what potential uh, learner evidence might be so like i'm looking at this one here which is a little bit easier for me to wrap my head around but maybe not um analyze and symbolically represent complex numbers both real and imaginary numbers um matt you are the mathematical expert between the two of us <laughs> if these were these are clearly um, these are um these are not st math standards that I personally would be comfortable with right away. Mm -hmm. I can't identify right away what grade level this is like typically or, or anything like that. So, um, but I understand the words analyze and symbolically represent, mm -hmm. right? And I okay. understand what a complex number is. I, I know that imaginary, imaginary numbers exist as much as they, <laughs> whoa, minds trip those get to be. I remember learning about those in college and being mm -hmm. like, wait, what? But anyway, um, so I would want to sit down with all of the math teachers and say like, okay, what is this actually, what are, what are maybe three possibilities for how learners would actually show us they can do this and mm -hmm. pull out work, pull out examples of assessments and tasks and learning activities that we have done and do a quick yes, no, like, yes, is this analyzing or no, is it not? Um, I'm going to be annoying and do a, a little aside here and say that that particular standard statement has two different levels of reasoning in it. Mm -hmm. My guess is you would want analyze, but I don't know. Um, so I think that that would be something to discuss as a group also. Like to me, I'm guessing that symbolically representing is actually a foundational skill to analyzing complex numbers. That's exactly what I was just gonna say is yeah. that that's why I think having the exercise of walking through each one of these standards and pulling them apart you're suddenly not looking at, okay, I've got two things yeah. to do here. 
I really only have one that I want to focus on because one leads into the other one. And I think you got that one absolutely right. That symbolically represent is definitely your foundational knowledge for this particular standard. Yeah. And then the analyze is where you want to be. And I like where you where you were saying, bring in the work that you have to see to play the yes no game, right? With that particular evidence, yeah. I think you need yeah. to do the same thing once you actually have the evidence. Also when you're teaching the standard, yeah. once this is, you've gone through this process and you're actually doing that with kids, not only look at the scale while you're scoring that work that comes in, but bring that work to the other teachers also to make sure that we're all on the same page, that we're asking the right, right questions, or perhaps our standard might be incorrect. Maybe it's not quite what we wanted, or maybe it's too much, or maybe it's too little. And you make some adjustments that way, rather than think the standard is the end all be all uh, it it takes some practice to get what you want from the kids for evidence the standard may need to be reworded a little bit or rethought or maybe our assessments do but the standards i i don't think are necessarily um you know written in stone forever and ever they may need to be adjusted somehow yeah. to get the right work yeah. that you that you want the intent of the standard to be so I think there's, right. so, there's so let me can I ask you a question about that standard? Yeah. Because like something else you're kind of alluding to, like words are important, right? <laughs> like, and sometimes a word ends up in a standard that isn't really supposed to be there mm -hmm. or shouldn't be there, or like was used in a way that actually doesn't speak to the level of proficiency that we're looking for and i'm wondering about the word analyze in this standard that's interesting because as you were saying this i'm i keep looking at that there's something wrong with this particular standard in the particular course that it's in uh, which okay. we didn't tell you ahead of time that the, the course name is called math one which I'm assuming is probably like a freshman level algebra class, like yeah. a, a regular old algebra class. Uh, okay. In a typical algebra one class, usually imaginary numbers or complex numbers that they, they might be brought up when you're doing like quadratic equations, but you don't really manipulate right. with them at all. You don't analyze them until that's really a next level. That's usually like an algebra two class. Okay. So Okay. Thinking it uh, so thinking of the competency, which is symbolic expression. The other targets yeah. are about about models given a situation and applying properties uh, to simplify and manipulate expressions or models. Analyze seems out of place there. Okay. So perhaps. Well, so like, here's what but, I'm doing, right? This okay. Is, here's what I'm doing right now. This is actually really interesting because right, like this is not my comfort zone. So I'm really kind of trying to do the work of figuring this out right now. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up um, a taxonomy I'm super comfortable with. I'm very comfortable with the Marzano Bloom taxonomy. Um, I'm looking at analysis, right? And I, I've got a bunch of these. Um, I'm assuming right now that analysis is, is the reasoning level that we're going for with this target. Okay. I don't initially understand how I might analyze complex numbers, 
<laughs> not entirely sure. So anyway, so I'm looking at, so I've got some choices, right, of the different kinds of analysis tasks I could do. I could be comparing. Okay, I might be able to compare and contrast imaginary numbers. I could see that. Um, classifying. Yep, I think I could probably classify numbers as into imaginary or real. Um, abstracting. Not sure that that makes sense. Um, analyzing errors. Okay, I could analyze my mistakes, um, right, in mm -hmm. operations or things with them, but that's not really what the standard says there. Um, right. Analyzing perspectives. Nope, that doesn't feel right. Uh, construct support, like justify. I don't think I'm, it would have said justify, <laughs> I think. Right. And you know, inductive reasoning, deductive, those don't apply at all. Uh, so do any of the ones like, is that kind of what you could do here? Or Matt, so what does that mean to you when you see the word analyze and then take out that N? So it's like analyze complex numbers. What does that, what, what does that mean? So one of the, one of the things that, that you showed about, that you said about uh, classifying yeah. might, might be a way to do that one, but I think not having some of the the subtext of what classifying means on that sheet that you have in front of you i think that i still think that's too much yeah. in this particular case just because if i'm thinking classif okay. classifying a complex number has something with an i in it and it's usually something about quadratic equations uh at this yeah. level and thinking that this is still organized into the math one level that it would be like yeah. an introduction level so potentially one other way to solve this problem is to break that standard up into two pieces. One that you have standards, yeah. two standards. So you have a symbolically represent complex numbers here, and then you bump it up to an analyzing yeah. and rewording that a little bit for your next step in the progression might be a way to get at okay. both of them. You don't have to, in, in my opinion, anyway, you don't have to hit the standard all at once. If you're breaking right. up into two pieces, you're still hitting all of it. You're still having kids gather evidence on all of it. So the, the point of the standard is that they learn it. And if you're learning it in two different standards, what's the big deal, right? I don't think there's a rational argument against that, but these aren't rational times, yeah. I get. But, but I think, no. I think there's, there's a couple of different ways to do that is to break it up into foundational okay. and complex or maybe break it up into two pieces. Yeah. But when you said words are important, you can't skip over any of the words in a particular standard. And you have to agree as a team what each one of those words means because you have to show these things to your kids and your stakeholders. So you're all on the same page teaching the same standards. That's why we have standards, right? That they're the same. They're not different depending on Mr. Shea or Ms. Belolan. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So I think, I think uh, all of these things we've talked about are, are pretty solid. So I think that one thing we should, we should definitely kind of say out, like I, I mentioned that like I immediately went and got my taxonomy, right? I think that's important too, is that you have to have an agreed upon taxonomy that you're using yeah. uh, to help figure these things out. Now I will say like most of them are pretty close to each other. Like you're not going to yeah. see something Thing that's like you know uh, none of them are going to say that comprehension and an out like 
you know, symbolizing is the same as inventing. Like no one's gonna say that, like, but there are just some different systems out there. Um, like I just recently worked with a school actually where I showed them, managed, maybe, I think just three, but I showed them Marzano, uh, depth of knowledge, and then uh, one other one. That always, I always have to look at it because I owe solo taxonomy. Oh. S-O-L-O. And, uh, you know, and I was like, look, you, it, it doesn't matter which one you use. It matters that everyone uses the same one. That's the key. Because when you get into these situations where you're going, wait, what does this standard mean? You pull out, you know, the, your summary document that gives you kind of all of those sentence stems or those question stems or thinking stems for the different verbs and what you know, level they're in. And that's what helps you figure out what these things mean and what learners can do. Mm -hmm. And then that's also what lets you start coming up with multiple pathways that are equitable. Because it's not fair if Matt, you're allowed to meet this standard just by symbolically representing, but I have to do something different because my, my teachers didn't talk about and agree to what this standard actually means. Right. I think that is a great point about equity, uh, which is one of the reasons that we have these standards. So it doesn't matter what teacher you have or what school you go to, that the standard is the standard. This is what's agreed upon. And this is what you have to meet in order to move on. All of the other all of the other stuff that we do in school is now irrelevant, right? It's not about who you are in class or who you have or how old you are. Here's the standard. Here's what it means. Gather the evidence around that. Once you have a preponderance of evidence, you move on. It takes away all of that other stuff that has just hurt us for years and years and years. So I, I like how you wrap that part up right. about equity. It's the most important part of why we why we do right. this. And, and I want to push it. I, I do want to push it a little further. I want us to go down to this other standard here that's under numbers and number systems. Justify how I apply. I'm, all right. <laughs> Justify how I apply properties of complex number systems. So if I'm looking for multiple pathways here, but I'm making sure everybody is doing like I. I'm fine with this one because I understand what it means to justify anything. That's argument. And that's one of the most important standards ever. All back. So, <laughs> right? so you want multiple pathways here. I'm a writer. Let me write my justification. Mm -hmm. Matt's not. Matt would rather just have a conversation with you. Go sit down in the corner as the teacher and talk with him about it. Mm -hmm. Someone else, for whatever reason, is really into, you know, comic books and they want to make a little comic book about their just like, fine, do that, you know, um, that's, that's pathways then looks like. It's the same level, but the learners can do it in different ways. And sometimes it's as simple as that, writing versus talking. Those are mm -hmm. multiple pathways. Totally agree. It does not have to be an outhouse. Right? It doesn't have, now we're going to have to go look and see if that blog post is still alive and well <laughs> it's and gotta be. see how, see if it magically shows up if I can't find it again. <laughs> got to be somewhere. Uh, and I, I want that to wrap that up with, with what Jenny said at the end of her email, which I think I mentioned before. Uh, but when she talks about the multiple pathways part that you just yeah. mentioned about, 
she specifically says a portfolio of work over time, a big project, mm -hmm. maybe a test, a demonstration, options for personalization that are meaningful and manageable. All of those things could potentially be a pathway and that's fine, but it doesn't always have to be that giant yeah. project at the end. There's no, in our view, there's no yeah. such thing as summative assessments. You're always gathering <laughs> evidence towards the learning. So if, yeah. if, if you really start with that, I think that's one of the keys that, I've, that I'm trying to figure out over the past year or so is if you talk about everything is formative because kids are always learning, then you get away from the idea of I have to wrap up with this big thing that's going to show that they know it. Right. Well, if everything's formative and I have a pile of evidence over here that shows that they know it, why do I have to do one big thing that will determine their grade? I, I kind of don't anymore. And that's to, to me as a you teacher, that's freeing. That's super freeing at that point. And it takes a lot of the yeah. pressure off me as the teacher to design a good assessment and B, it takes the pressure off the kids that they don't have to like be the big seal performers and stuff. They've got a body of evidence. Why not use that as what's learning? And I, I think once you wrap your head around those ideas, uh, a lot of the other things are just going to start falling into place. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So Jenny, we hope we answered most of your questions anyway. Uh, uh, we, 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 she has more now. Oh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping <laughs> that's exactly what we're looking for is we want all the questions we can possibly get from our listeners. Uh, we're happy to talk about this stuff as you could probably tell, uh, we love doing this stuff and trying to, trying to break this stuff up and, uh, you know, help people that are doing the great work that they're doing with kids. So keep them coming. And thank you, Jenny. Uh, with that, I think we'll, we'll be back next week with... Yeah, find us everywhere. QRMC. QRMC, we are everywhere. It doesn't matter what we're alone. It doesn't matter what we're alone. It doesn't matter what we're alone. We're just alone.